Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We're now to Job chapter 31. Job is still the speaker, and we're looking at verses 1 through 8 in the New Living Translation. Job is the speaker, and he is uh, letting everyone who will listen know that he is innocent. It reads, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. For what has God above chosen for us? What is our inheritance from the Almighty on high? Isn't it calamity for the wicked and misfortune for those who do evil? Doesn't he see everything I do and every step I take? Have I lied to anyone or deceived anyone? Let God weigh me on the scales of justice, for he knows my integrity. If I have strayed from his pathway, or if my heart has lusted for what my eyes have seen, or if I am guilty of any other sin, then let someone else eat the crops I have planted. Let all that I have planted be uprooted. Again, this is Job chapter 31, verses 1 through 8 in the New Living Translation, which titles it Job's Final Protest of Innocence. I'll be back to share insights and we'll close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scott. I am your host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't subscribed and followed, please do so. Thanks to Podchaser for naming my podcast to its list of 60 best podcasts to discover in November. Give it a listen, drop me a line, like me and follow on Facebook and Twitter. Again, we're looking at Job chapter 31, verses 1 through 8 in the New Living Translation. In this section, Job is still letting us know he's not guilty of lust or falsehood. So he's finishing his discourse, which started with chapter 26 when he responded to Bildad. And in this chapter, he has a lengthy oath swearing his innocence. He uh, lists specific sins that he is not guilty of. The first two that he's going to talk about are lust and falsehood. He protested that he was a godly and blameless man, at least on a human scale. And that's what God said about him also. So he wanted to explain the sense of injustice he felt at his suffering and humiliation. Remember, people were spitting at him. They were jeering at him. They were making fun of him. They were making songs up about him. So he, you know, he's trying to explain or get a sense for himself of the uh, suffering and humiliation that he's gone through. And he's making a final defense before his friends who have accused him of some special kind of sin that deserves this special judgment from God. 
Job's uh, proclamation of his innocence includes not just his actions, but his thoughts. He said, uh, not only has he not committed adultery, he's not even lusted after a woman. And he says, and well, he doesn't say this, the commentary says, he kept no common, no concubine, no mistress, but was faithful to the marriage bed, though his wife was none the wisest, best, or kindest. And remember, his wife told him to curse God and die. And it seems like she's not trying to help. We don't know, you know, just based on the fact that he's sitting in the, you know, in the market square <laughs> that she's probably not um, administering anything to help him with the sores all over his body she probably has you know told him well you know what the law says when you're unclean you have to separate yourself so according to Matthew Henry she wasn't kind from the beginning uh, God's law was man should only have one wife and he should cleave to her only. And Job kept that uh, institution uh, honestly and fervently. He believed in God's law. And he didn't even want to transgress it. Even though being a rich, a wealthy person, he might be tempted to do, you know. But his goodness kept him from it. Job identifies the results of sin as calamity and disaster. And he felt that this punishment is what's happened to him, even though he's innocent. And we know he is. If Job was at any time tempted to sin, he restrained himself from it and all approaches of it with the, uh, the thought that God sees all everything I do. Just as Joseph uh, said in Genesis 39, like, how can I do this and sin against God? Uh, Job had an eye on God's omniscience, and he knew that God's eyes are upon everything that a man does and that men and women do. And Job um, makes sure, he made sure to, to note that God uh, don't you see anything, everything I do? So, so, God, you've searched me. You know me. You know that I'm innocent. God, you see all that goes on. You rule the way I walk. You rule what company I walk with. You rule what end I walk towards. And you uh, handle and you know what ways I walk in. So you know everything there is to know about me. And Job also observes, not only does he see, he takes notice. He counts all of my steps, all of my false steps in the way of duty, all of my steps, even if they lead into sin. Not only does he see our ways, but he recognizes our particular steps and every action and every motion. So God, uh, Job is saying, God, you know my actions. You know I'm innocent. So he says, God, since you know me, you know I'm innocent. Zophar accused Job of being a worthless man, but we know that that's not true. Job is asking, okay, if I'm worthless, prove it. He said in verse 5, and I'll read it to you. 
It says, have I lied to anyone or deceived anyone? So he's saying, if I've done so, tell me, tell me to my face. I'm big enough to take it. I mean, I'm taking all of this. I can take that too. Since he had not practiced deceit, Job wishes to be judged by a just and truthful scale. An honest judgment would prove that, yeah, Job, you're in, you are a man of integrity. And he has maintained his integrity even throughout his suffering. He uh, made sure that he did not uh, walk in a way that was deceitful. And he tried to walk in a way that was honest. Job is so sure of his innocence that he pronounces curses upon himself if he's found guilty. And uh, the curse in verse 8 was that, um, let me read it to you. He says, let them, then let someone else eat the crops that I've planted. Let all that I have planted be uprooted. So that was um, a way of saying, you know, if I'm not telling you the truth, if I've sinned, let everything that I've planted be uprooted. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. As we study the book of Job, God, bring um, blessings to those who need you in a special way. So many needs, so many prayers, and so much trust, and we trust and believe in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.